Welcome to episode 46 of France's favorite podcast, the 2 on 3 podcast, <laughs> where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at 2 on 3 pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at... Hello! Hello! <laughs> at 2 on 3 pod.com. Exactly. I'm Chris, and I'm just about ready for my first playing of All I Want for Christmas is You, and you can find me at... C.D. Villasenor on Twitter, and with me is Ty. When are you going to break that Christmas Carol cherry? I, I don't, you know, I don't like to steamroll Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I like to respect Thanksgiving. You're such a purist. I am. I am, because you know what? Christmas is long enough. Yeah. Plus, I don't want the kids to get too excited too early. Yeah. It's you're... like, it's an eternity when they're, you know, like in <laughs> elementary school, right? Like, for you and me, for you and I, we talk about Christmas and how far away that is, and it's like, tomorrow basically it's like right. you know, next week for the kids it's like a month and a half <laughs> it's an eternity. Uh, the reason i make that joke is because uh, i saw a christmas ad um today on tv as mm. i was as i was just sort of chilling out a little bit ago and i was like what in the hell i just like to check my watch it's like it's, <laughs> it's the f- essentially the first week of of november yeah essentially and and it, they're already they've already cranked up the machine. Well, the 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 Hallmark movie channel is already doing their thing, right? Like, like they, they started like, like two they months. Started, <laughs> they started in like August. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the Hallmark Lori Laughlin channel. Yeah. Anyway, 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 that's uh that's beside the point. But uh, what are we chatting about today? Today we're sort of shaking out the uh, the the Google Doc I Ching for some uh, for. For a bit of a mixed bag, you know. Today we're today we're giving you a podcast a lot like I like my vegetables in a bit of a mixed mixed bag. Yeah. Thanks for letting me introduce myself. Didn't you? No. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, here's Ty. Ty, tell us about yourself. Well, um, I'm a youngish middle-aged man with <laughs> two small children. They're both girls. They try my patience intensely most days. Um, <laughs> you can find me complaining about that and other things that annoy me, which is most things uh, on Twitter at S-E-A-T-J-K. And now that I've interrupted the intro, uh, I, well, you guess you didn't get to the topic, so I, I guess I slid it in there at the right time. No, it's good. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I just steamed roll past you, but I was all hyped up for Christmas. <laughs> well, then you never explained your France joke either, so I was waiting for the payoff. Really? We're huge in France. That's all yeah. you need to know. You don't need to know the, the specifics, but we are. We might literally be France's uh, f- favorite podcast, so we're just going to go with that. Yeah. And uh, and what are we chatting about today? Like I said, we are sort of shaking out the Google Doc I Ching for some, uh, some mixed bag, which is great. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about the afterlife. It's a world of never-ending happiness. The aspirational afterlife. And you can only see the sun, day or night. Uh, We'll also talk about best westerns. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, with or without Tom Baudet, perhaps. It's hard to to say. We'll see where that leads us. We're going to talk about, because we are also, you know, shamelessly, you know, plugging for sponsorship <laughs> we will talk about <laughs> ideal clothing configurations and, and you know from the from the perspective of the modern working and perhaps pacific northwest type person yes since i really don't know what the hell other people are doing and uh and then in the ot world we'll talk about very very serious places your your pride can take you <laughs> <laughs> 
a terrible story. But it's pretty bad. Pretty bad story. But uh, I think we can. I think there's a lesson to be learned, and I think we're gonna. I think we're willing to teach it to you. I agree. I I, I want to spoil it, but I won't. I'll wait. Don't spoil it. All right. So, topic number one. There's this thing that I always like to talk about, sort of at parties. I like to call it the afterlife database, which is always this funny thought that after you croak and you know you go to the afterlife, they meet you there not with only not with just clouds and angels and harps. If you're sort of going the right way or if you're going the wrong way, regardless, hopefully you'll have access to the afterlife database, which I always think about it as, you know, you could ask it whatever, like, hey, how much how how much did I sleep? You know, yeah. What percentage? If, what percentage of my life did I sleep? Um, you know, yeah. How much chicken did I eat? And then show me a field of chickens. Tableau for my life. <laughs> Tableau for my exactly. So if I say how much chicken did I eat, it's like okay, show me that in like a field of chickens. Right. And they go, oh shit, that's a, like a big like. For me, it's gonna be like for, as far as the eye can see, it'll be like from me to the horizon. Left and right, or they say, you know, show me this in terms of one big chicken, and it would be a chicken the size of, you know, the Empire State Building. For, so and, in the Elysium chicken fields, is this like a Star Trek holodeck situation? <laughs> yeah, is it yes. three dimensional? <laughs> well, you could, yeah, you can get you can get them to you can get them to yeah you can get them to display it any way that you can you know any way you are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But it also there's also this classic Steve Martin bit about how he goes dies and goes and sees. You know, goes to the afterlife and they won't let him into heaven. He's like, "Come on!" It's like, how many times did I take the Lord's name in vain? Ooh, a million six. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> and so, there's going to be a lot of like other stuff in there. But but what what kind of inane things are you going to look up here in the first ten minutes of the afterlife database? What what are you what are you thinking? Well, I think the thing that popped in... So I've been thinking about this for years and years, too. I think we've actually maybe had this conversation before. Um, it used to be for me that uh, I really wanted to see, like, highlights of cool shit that I did that uh. wasn't, like, on tape. Yeah, that you could get, like, different angles on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the yeah. Matrix version of, like, any kind of cool thing I did. Um, but then I, like, started to realize that that's a really double-edged sword. Because, like, you know, I mean, do you want the afterlife to be happy? But... I really started to get existential with it in a hurry because I started to wonder, like, well, I don't want to go back and relive this memory, like, because maybe it's much worse than I remember. Sure. <laughs> and I think that my curiosity would get the better of me. And then I started to get scared that I'd, like, set off one of those crisis of confidence anxiety sessions, like, I'm up in, <laughs> in afterlife, like, oh, my God, I lived my life so terribly, even though it's over and, and now I don't have anything to regret anyway. Right. Um, but... You know, it's funny that you say about the Lord's name in vain because I'm not what you'd call a religious person. In fact, uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know that I've ever really thought about classifying myself, but I, I, if you really pressed me on it, I think I'd probably say that I'm an atheist. Um, I, I, I never really thought about it much until and that this whole conversation got me thinking about the past and how that came up at work one time and somebody turned to me and said, you don't believe in God? <laughs> and I was, like, <laughs> I was kind of shocked by the question. I was like, well, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. But I often say, um, to the detriment of my children, uh, exclaiming, yeah, Jesus Christ in frustration. And honestly, I'm surprised that they haven't asked me like, who the hell is Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing is you, I have been doling out little bits of religion to the kids just mm-hmm. as they ask about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, uh, because we, we have the Jewish 
Catholic. Yeah, you've got the you know mixed mode household. We're covering all our bases essentially. <laughs> no, we're covering the Judeo Christian thing, and it is Judeo Christian, right? I mean, the first there you, go. you know the Old Testament's all Jewish stuff, and then yeah. you know I always said that the the basically Jews are people who just didn't like the sequel, <laughs> which. You're which that Jesus is the remix? It's the sequel, like part. You know, everyone, lot, lots of people think like the Godfather Two is the better movie. Empire Strikes Back is the better movie. New Testament is the better movie. Well, the problem is they did they, they recast it. They can't just recast it. They bring back the originals, <laughs> right? Moses so, didn't make it back. Yeah, exactly. Yahweh isn't in the second one, <laughs> right? So we would go to Passover and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the Ten Commandments is like all awesome. It's all action, like. Exodus is just an action movie in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you tell those stories to the kids, and then, sure. of course, you, you know, Christmas comes around, and I would take them. I don't go to church myself, but we'd go visit my parents, and we'd go to church, and, you know, I'd have to tell them what being Catholic was about, you know, and so you sure. have to explain these things. So, so even though I think they're relatively... I mean, my daughter has been relatively interested at certain times, and I would just sit down. I would just talk to her about, you know, here's what it meant to be, you know, Catholic, which is generally a lot of sitting and standing and kneeling and walking and sitting and standing and kneeling and leaving. <laughs> That's, but, uh, but you know, you end up with these little, you get these little sort of, as people start to pass on from your life, you have to tell your kids, like, well, you know, they believed in God and... Now they're fi- now they're figuring it out, and that's a and that's a uh, and that's kind of the the attitude I've always had about the afterlife is like well, I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah, you know I don't think I'm a bad person. So if there really is what we believe as traditional God, hopefully He would cut me some slack because I probably know some people inside. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're a bad person. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm on the outside, <laughs> very nice. But you scratch the surface, surface, it's a black tar evil. <laughs> but scratch through the black tar evil. Right. I think there's a good person in there. I'd Probably. like to think so anyway. Uh, don't sell but yourself I, short. <laughs> but I'd like to think that I know people on the other side of the gate who might vouch for me. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that direction with it. And, you, know, you figure it out when you get there. I mean, just like a lot of other things. I mean... As a person who went to parties a lot as a younger person, yeah, you just figure it out when you get there. <laughs> is it going to suck? Is it going to be awesome? I don't know. Let's just go. Yeah. I will uh, I'll tell you that the thing that got me thinking about this was I was walking around, as I often do, after everyone's left the house in the morning, turning off lights. <laughs> and really, <laughs> I just wanted to know, like, how many light switches have I turned off in my life versus turned on? Oh yeah, ratioed. Yeah, yeah. Got, I, you I really want to understand the ratios of like where I was picking. How many toys did you pick up that, that were put there by someone else? <laughs> you're a dad. You're way ratioed here. I mean, you're under. You're it, as far as turning off the lights. Do you ever find yourself turning off the lights and muttering to yourself like, huh, "The fucking electric company. What, what am I? What are we doing here?" Oh, absolutely. I got a card <laughs> about it, but Father's Day and everything. <laughs> I it was my birthday. What did it say? What am I made of money? <laughs> what? <are> we- <laughs> Well, I've had that conversation a lot lately with the kids, like, all of this, everything, it all costs money. The water costs money, everything costs money. They don't know what money is. They do. We're, we're, we're teaching them. There's there's a chore wheel. Well, not a wheel, but there's a chore. We're working on the chore chart. <laughs> there's a wheel. Yeah. You make them push and grind grain with it. <laughs> push this wheel, kids. There's cooperation quarters. You get quarters for cooperating. And my older daughter is very much into 
spending all of her money on video games already. Um, so that that's a fairly good motivator. Although I think that the screen is turning her into a, a psycho, so I'm going to have to start dialing it back. There's that for sure. Yeah. But uh, turn, turning off lights. Yeah, I mean, I'm the I'm the primary light turner offer in this in this uh, in this house. There's no question about it. I've I gotta think I'm three to one easy. I would say at least. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing the quick math in my head just <laughs> as it goes right now. Yeah, three to one. But for sure. then I started worrying about like, okay, well, I, I immediately like I, I'm a kind of person that you know really does try to be self reflective and seek a lot of understanding about why I make the choices that I make and 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 how my you know, choices not only affect others, but affect the world. And I think that leads us down to a lot of these existential topics we talk about on the show here. But, uh, you know, then I start to wonder, like, well, okay, how much damage did I personally do to the earth? <laughs> like, <laughs> how many tanks of gas? Like, show me in the, like, drop me in the giant tank of gas that I have to swim in that I, that I burned. <laughs> and then give me the one that, like, if I'd made smarter, like, economical decisions on things like that. Like, I'm not egregious. You know, we've talked about this before, about sure. being environmentally responsible. But, um you know, I have I have a essentially a hobby car that burns like eight miles to the gallon. I don't drive it very much, but I still have it, and that's not the greatest choice. So I always worry. I immediately go dark on this. Like I'm like, oh, I think about all these great things I could think of, and then immediately I'm like, yeah, but you're immediately going to start looking about, looking up all the all the bad stuff you did, all the poor choices that you made. Yeah, well, I mean, making poor choices is. I mean, you can't get to good choices until you make some poor ones, right? I mean, this is, <laughs> isn't that how this whole thing works. But I grew up in a small town where we had old cars and we cr- went cruising, which was like the thing to do sure. in Illinois. Yeah. And uh, so burning gas was just burning gas was a national was the national pastime. Well, nobody told you for a long time that it was really bad. Although Damn. I am concerned really, about whatever. you know the Earth coming to an end here in the next fifteen years. It has um, to come to an end. Where do you think? Where do you think all this oil came from? You know where all this oil came from to begin with? It doesn't have to come to an end soon. <laughs> <laughs> the last bit about the afterlife database. I want to see all the pictures that other people took that I happened to be in. In some like you took a picture at Disneyland, oh, yeah, and I was I like, like standing this. in the background eating yeah. like cotton candy as a six-year-old. And I like to see all those pictures where I just kind of show up in your shot of people I don't know. That'd be a good one. There, there's got to be millions. There's got to be thousands, thousands of those pictures. Does it count, like, all the times... So I attend a lot of sporting events. Does it count if, like, yeah. there's all these pictures and times where I've been on TV that I don't know about it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's part of it. That's the the, the inadvertent... I, I'm Because, you know, there's somebody flipping through their photo albums of their parents. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this is the time we went to the Grand Canyon. And there's a picture of them standing in the Grand Canyon. In the background, there I am. Like, scratching my ass or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that weird guy? There's some weird guy standing in the back of this picture. Well, That'd just at the Husky game last week, Ashley said, oh, you were in those people's selfie. I'm like, why didn't you tell me so I could hide my face? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it. That's, that's Do you think the database, last question for you, do you think the database had the sliding doors moments? Like, does it have the like the endless, the what is Could it, the you? mini universes? Could you, well, if you did this, what would have happened? Yeah. I think the universe is built that way, but that might be another conversation for another time. All right. Nice teaser. All right. All right. In our next segment, Best Westerns. Actually, the, the folks at The Ringer uh, put out a modern Western canon is what they called it. I thought that was a little bit. Of, 
hoity-toity, to be honest Everything with you. they do is a little bit hoity-toity. Like just, like, but the authority on things. I am... Well, we are... Because we, ob- we are obviously the authority on things. That's correct. So, I don't know what these people are thinking. I don't know what the hell these people are thinking, but they decided they would put out um, the list of greatest westerns since Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven was released. Okay, let's be clear. They had to draw the line somewhere, but to draw the line at best westerns when Clint Eastwood made essentially his last western <laughs> is, is cutting off a large piece of this puzzle. Anyway, but Unforgiven is a tremendous movie and a constant reminder that Gene Hackman is one of the greatest actors who's ever lived and we will miss him when he's gone. Well, you know uh, the reason they cut it off is... It's it's about their their staff and their readership. Like I've heard uh-huh. them talk about it before, where basically anything that Bill Simmons himself thinks is like culturally valuable gets no traction on the site, and so they if they find that anything that's older than about 1990 just gets no traction. Sure, and 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 why would it? And I understand why they drew the line, and I you know whatever. And so uh, and I know that they're they're playing a lot of Red Dead uh, Redemption Two over there, and the, yeah, and. Which I'm very interested in. Which hopefully after Christmas or something like that, I'll I'll take a I'll take a, a dive into. But if we, but if we jump into this list, the Quick and the Dead makes this list. Which, come on, again another another Gene Hackman classic. Uh, but how does that, how does this get on anyone's list? This is not a good I, movie. Because there's not that many westerns to choose from, frankly. <laughs> I mean, Leo they is, even have some in here that I've never even heard of, like, like Meek's Cutoff. What the hell is that? T- teenage, teenage, uh, teenage DiCaprio is pretty funny in this in this movie. It's yes. pretty. I mean, and Sharon Stone's by far way too self serious, but looks great in the cowboy outfit. She takes it very uh, seriously. That's what I remember most about this movie is that it's a, such a like campy like Sam Raimi movie and then she's playing it like it's casino. <laughs> right. And and uh and maybe the first time I personally ever saw Russell Crowe. I don't think I can't recall I can't recall seeing Russell Crowe before that movie. And I'm sure I'm obviously he worked before that movie but I don't. If as far as I'm concerned Quick and the Dead is the start of Russell Crowe's career. I didn't even yeah, it didn't even register for me at the time. I didn't really recognize Russell Crowe as an individual person until L.A. Confidential, which is, I think, the next year. Yeah. All right. Um, they did add Deadwood, which I think Deadwood is a terrific series. So if you've never, if you're looking for like a summer binge at some point, you should watch Deadwood. Uh, I have absolutely watched Deadwood. Um, I was unemployed for a couple of months, a few years back. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to get into this. And that's the thing for me is that Westerns is not something I seek out. Like, it is definitely I happen upon it. And I remember being exposed as a child to Quigley Down Under. And I still it still sticks with me. I still make jokes about Quigley Down Under. Quigley Down Under is an awesome movie. It's great. It's a great movie. It's super. It's functionally a superhero film. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's basically Bullseye Goes to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the uh that movie i can't i can't tell you and i can't say enough about that movie it is i think it's i think the fact that we don't have at least four or five quigley movies is a goddamn shame because tom Selleck's a fantastic cowboy i mean he did some of those lonesome dove things and i didn't really watch lonesome dove because right. it's not really my thing but he is 
a terrific cowboy. Unbelievably, unbelievably great. But Deadwood but is incredible, and yeah. anyone and everyone should watch it. Um, it's absolutely worth your time. It's Timothy Oliphant's finest performance. He's got uh, uh, Ian McShane in an incredible role, saying all kinds of cool shit all the time. Like it's so quotable. Right. Um, and matter of fact, it is like if you my screen name on Twitter is Titus Kelliver, which is an homage to the actor Titus Welliver. Uh, who plays a very large role in that show. And that was about when I made that change and I just never changed it back because I kind of, I remember thinking at the time I was like, it's so close. I wish my name was cool like this. (laughs) (laughs) And Ian McShane, obviously, well, you know, he's, he's great. I mean, those John Wick movies are just, they're all about Ian McShane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's, and of course he's, um, He's the voice of the bad tiger in in Kung Fu Panda. That is not not one that I've seen enough of to have an opinion on. Okay, so my kids watch a ton of it. And then whenever Ian McShane does commercials, they're like, ah, it's Tai Lung! (laughs) (laughs) They know Ian McShane's voice, which I think is terrific. They put in the Cormac McCarthy ones. Those are kind of slow burns. Uh, Those can be kind of slow burns. To put True Grit on here, kind of feels like cheating why does it feel like cheating i feel feel like putting the video game on here is cheating cheating. um i don't know i just feel like i just feel like the original true grits may be more more iconic because of john wayne but you know not to say that it wasn't a good movie I, i i liked i liked it well, you transitioned before I got to i got to quote al swearingen my favorite deadwood quote i wanted to share okay. with the audience which is uh, all right i wish i could do the voice but in life you have to do a lot of things you don't fucking want to do many times that's what the fuck life is one vile fucking task after another <laughs> <laughs> boy that's a real that's a real ray of sunshine well remember i was unemployed at the time so <laughs> <laughs> so that one really stuck with you yeah. Okay, so let's get right down to what my big effing problem with this list is. Let's. There is a hard bias, a hard bias against Kevin Costner on this list. <laughs> the fact that his name doesn't show up a single time. So first of all, number one, Wyatt Earp comes out in 94. Tombstone comes out in 93. But before I get into that, because I've got a lot of stuff to say about that, the... Uh, Open Range is probably the best Western that has been made since Unforgiven, and it is left off this list carelessly by the people at The Ringer, who obviously have a bias against Kevin Costner. There we go. Now let's get into the... They put, and then they put Tombstone on this list. Well, of course they put Tombstone on the list. Because they're... Because, yes. And they Tombstone did not. is, whether you like it or not, is iconic. It is it is the worst movie by far. It's like it's iconic because it's a comedy. Oh come on! You're gonna, this is your worst. This is your one of your worst like contrarian even, takes. No. no, this is not a contrarian take. Do you know who directed uh, Tombstone? Not off the top of my head, no. That, exactly. <laughs> Wyatt Earp, directed by the great Lawrence Kasdan. Mm-hmm. You know, written by Lawrence Kasdan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has. It's also four hours long, which is a problem. It's because it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you do a sort of a, and then you have to deal with all the people in Tombstone with all their fake mustaches, except for Sam Elliott, who I'm gonna, you know, 
he's probably the best part of this whole deal. But if you just go line by line, like who the people in this movie are, mm-hmm. it's not even close. It's Wyatt Earp is obviously the superior film. I don't even think you can compare them, to be honest. I think there are that it's Tombstone is like a straight action flick. It just happens to be set in you know Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kurt Russell is in that movie isn't a great Wyatt Earp like as Wyatt Earp but as Wyatt Earp and I'm doing that with air quotes <laughs> like the the cartoon character it works really really well um skin that smoke wagon and see what happens you've called down the thunder the running through the water screaming the the, the flashing blue eyes I mean it works really like Michael Bean is there Michael Bean without a without a headset without a headset you can't have a Michael Bean to have a Michael Bean <laughs> casting with no headset is just ridiculous but the reason that movie stands out so much is because Michael Biehn and uh, Val Kilmer are doing a lot of heavy lifting. They're both amazing in their roles. And then Kurt Russell just works really well as a avatar for the person who wants to be bent on revenge. It's a terrible... It's, 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 it's not the terrible. Fact that, the fact that it's on this list and Wyatt Earp on the list is terrible. Also, Jason Priestley's in Tombstone, so I think I'm just going to rest my case on that. <laughs> So there. Yeah, but he's, he's a wiener. <laughs> he's a wiener. All right. Anyway, I, Wyatt well, Earp is the Wyatt Earp is without question the finer film. And a if you want to call a if they're going to call this article Western canon, that Tombstone is as much a Western as Tango and Cash is. And I love Tango and Cash, but come on. Well, Wyatt Earp is a three-act movie, and Tombstone's not. Tombstone is one act of a three-act movie blown up into a three-act movie. <laughs> but All right, I got that watch off Deadwood. my chest. Watch Deadwood. <laughs> watch Deadwood. Oh, I forgot my Open Range story. So oh. I've never seen Open Range. Okay. And Open Range is a movie that I knew I was never going to see in the theater. But when it came out, um, I think, what, early 2000s? Like 2003, maybe? No, it's closer to 2010. But I don't think you're right about that, because the reason I remember that is because it was when Netflix was still sending me DVDs. Oh, okay. And it like is the movie that sat like just outside the top five, <laughs> so I like never got it. <laughs> Open range is 2003. Okay. Oh, I was right. Yeah. Um, and finally, they shifted. They shipped it to me, and then I never watched it. And shortly after that. Uh, it became streaming only and it never became an option again. <laughs> so, it's a but, but with your endorsement, perhaps I'll, I'll sit through it. I'll, I'll seek it out at cable. Um, yeah. Because I do agree with you that Wyatt Earp is, is a lot. I didn't see it for years until like it had been year. It had been many years since it's released before I saw it. Having at that point seen Tombstone probably 15 times before I ever saw Wyatt Earp. And uh, Wyatt Earp is really good. It's just long. It's just long. And yeah. everyone knows I'm in the tank for Costner, but it still doesn't change the fact that you know, it's the way better movie. Yeah. All right. There we there we have it. I've said it. All right. In our third segment, we're talking about ideal clothing configurations for the Wild West under which we live. <laughs> this is funny because we've been completely shamelessly plugging Eddie Bauer. <laughs> and think the Eddie Bauer Twitter people threw a like at us. I appreciated it. God, that was that was sweet. I felt like we'd actually gotten it. That was almost better than actually an endorsement. Just a, you know, a like from the people at Eddie Bauer's Twitter, <laughs> Twitter feed. I noticed they didn't like the tweet 
uh, that I sent from the show account saying what we would take in exchange for sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We'll have to negotiate that down the road when they finally come to grips with the fact that we are the target demographic and we are amplifying. That's right. Amplifying those choices. But they this probably is want the to break into the French ma- French market. They've already got the name Bauer. It's right there. <laughs> Eddie Bell. <laughs> Anyway, the uh, but uh, so when I moved to the Pacific Northwest, I moved here in the age of grunge. And when I was grunge was a fashion thing that made no sense for kids in St. Louis, mm-hmm. Missouri. Like no kid, why would kids be wearing Doc Martens and cut off cargo pants and flannel shirts? It's you know it's eighty five degrees in September. Mm-hmm. In, so so as a fashion choice, grunge didn't make a lot of sense. But when I moved to Seattle from the Midwest, it all became very clear to me what was happening mm-hmm. here in Seattle, where wearing a flannel shirt over a, you know, a thermal Henley over some shorts and then some boots made perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. But you could do it. I mean, it made sense. I mean, it was a little cooler. It was a little rainier. It wasn't so cold that you couldn't wear the shorts. It made sense that, oh, now I understand why the Pearl Jam people dress like this. Yeah. I never really embraced the shorts part. I wasn't much of a jorts person. (laughs) (laughs) But you're such a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's true. But more like from a distance. I didn't want to be him. Like, I, I, I much more wanted to be The Rock. (laughs) <laughs> like I love Stone Cold and I like you know smash some beers together and pour them all over your face that's rad Yeah. but when it comes down to it if I want to be somebody it's The Rock <laughs> <laughs> yes. and I used to cut my sideburns in those little points <laughs> like an asshole I thought that was a Star Trek thing yeah well you know that's <laughs> Vulcans are cool Vulcans <laughs> are cool but so now but in the modern and so if we're talking about clothes now for adults <laughs> Well, essentially, what this is is one long. I certainly we've talked, we've joked before about like I want to endorse like products that I really like, and that's really mm-hmm. what I feel like I want to bring to the table here today is not just the Eddie Bauer pants, which we which we highly endorse, but <laughs> highly beyond endorse. that. What else? What what other what other like are your favorite items for getting by? Because I really feel like what I'm trying to do here now, and I've talked a lot about this in the past with my friends, is that the reason I really can't see myself move or moving away from this area has a lot to do with our climate. Now, maybe I'll be forced out. But it's you don't really have to worry yourself too much about what you're wearing here. Pretty much any basic outfit's going to take you through the day because we live most of our lives between 40 and 80. Sure. Right? You pretty much only need to have, like, what coat am I putting on? And so you you end up collecting quite a few coats. But as I've gotten older, like, comfort obviously starts to reign supreme over fashion. But you still want to look good. Mm -hmm. And I think you start to pick up little tricks about what brands, like, provide, like, ultimate flexibility for instance i'm at a point where if there's no stretch in the in the fabric like just get it away from me like just you gotta put at least one percent lycra or i'm not interested <laughs> right right i mean i think the athleisure has exactly. the rise of athleisure has given rise to the fact that all the clothes are comfy mm-hmm. and they're a little bit stretchy mm-hmm. but the nice thing about having athleisure wear is that it's not wrinkly right so it always looks very smooth right 
which is great for dressing something up. You can dress up sweatpants these days, and people don't even know you're wearing sweatpants. That's right. It's all about how can I make my pajamas look like business casual clothing. <laughs> right. So for me, if I start the bottom up, the first thing nowadays is slip-on shoes, man. Laces are for chumps. All right. I can't really ride with that, but okay. The, that's, you, you know, fast forward 10 years. No, I, but, I can figure all my shoes that I can slip them on and off. They just have laces. No, the uh, the ones that I'm currently wearing are do have fake laces on them. Oh, I do that all the time. I actually take shoes with real laces and buy aftermarket fake laces and put them in. Right. Like, okay. I, I get the stretchy laces in the yeah. shoe. So they, uh, yes, I love the fact that these days you can walk around in, like, black, black tennies, essentially black tennies with the white soles, mm-hmm. and they're completely great for the business. Like you can just rock those, and they're a little bit stretchy. They're comfy. They're not like Skechers or anything, but they're not. They're. Uh, I know what you they're mean. They're super comfy. That reminds me that I really want a pair of uh, Jordan Eleven. Did you see the Jordan Eleven cap and gown edition in the springtime? That's all the all black. The black on black. Yeah. Yeah. With like the the dark blue rubber sole. Uh huh. Um, I really want that in a low. I really want them to release a low, so I can just that can just be my dress shoe. <laughs> like I don't ever have to put on anything but sneakers. <laughs> You know what I don't in in my you know what I I don't take any care with like socks like I have how can you not socks are so important I don't know that's the thing I just the my work socks are all these like Costco gold toe numbers oh my oh my right, you got to step into the world of advanced socks I don't well see I don't like being like fancy sock guy but I do for my athletic socks I have I I do now go to the Bombus okay no, the Bombus no shows there you go. So just get the Bombas, get the Bombas Cruise. But Bombas Cruise costs like four thousand dollars for those for those. <laughs> How socks. many pairs do you need? You only need like know. five pairs. Like, you know, I know you. You wear low socks every weekend. It doesn't matter what the weather is. <laughs> I know. I wear the low socks every weekend, but to work, I have to. I'm wearing like. That's what I'm saying. You only need five pairs. Maybe. I also right. recommend Stance. Stance is a really quality brand that I found uh, is pleasing. You like the just comfy, just. Yeah, they're very comfortable. Yeah. I'm just not one of the, I, you know, I can appreciate people who have, like, their sock game on point. Like, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I, I can appreciate people who come with the with the colorful or the whatever. Not so much the gadgety, but, like, somebody who can really make a sock pop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I pretty uh, much wear, like, I think I've talked about this or, or tweeted about it before, that I wear those Stance Star Wars socks, like, uh-huh. nonstop. And I have one. Like different ones, so I have a black one, you know, is the stormtrooper, or the death trooper, and then I have like the the, sil- the gray one is Han and Carbonite, and then my yellow, my sort of tan sock is three PO. Like I, <laughs> the one I wear with jeans is R two. It's just I got I got a nice mix. Boba Fett, so I got the olive green one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little too bad. And then as far as like my underwear, like again, I'm like Costco. Well, every guy. podcast does an underwear live read. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, they, we, everybody's talking about me undies. We got Tommy John underwear. No, um, no, no. So this is where I really get passionate <laughs> because I have kind of a challenging body to dress. I mean, like I'm a little shorter. I'm, I'm fairly stout. Like I have a, like, as I used to be put it, a, a, a really solid power plant on me. <laughs> <laughs> but I can make like both pants. My challenge is always that finding pants that like would fit over my like thighs and then, but not be, you know, four inches too big in the waist was always my biggest issue. And that's why mm-hmm. the athleisure stuff has been great. Uh, but so when it comes to underwear, I have the same problem. It's just, it just doesn't fit right or right. You know, the, I like boxer briefs. They ride up. 
I, I tried all these different underwear that these people talk about all these podcasts I listen to. I, I had a MeUndies subscription for a little while, and eventually I canceled it because of inconsistency in the sizing. And I wanted to share with our listeners the David Archie underwear. So I came across this on a deal site one time. Um, they had a three-pack. It's like less than a third of the cost of this other fancy underwear. The, the prints aren't fancy, but um, they showed up. They seemed pretty modest. I put a pair on. I was disappointed at first. I was like, oh, these are going to be too tight and kind of bummed out. Well, at least I only spent like whatever, $25 on the three-pack and not like 20 bucks a pair. And after wearing them for five minutes, they're fantastic. Um, all the best parts of like the, the MeUndies, the fabrics and the, the high-quality fabrics, uh, really lightweight, the wicking stuff. I mean, I've tried ex officio, ex officio, the Tommy John. This is the best, David Archie. So if you're looking for, if you wanted to get the high quality underwear, but you didn't want to spend, you know, 20 bucks a pair, check out David Archie. Um, it's been really good to me so far. I bought it like a pallet worth of uh, underwear for $20 at Costco. Like I still have unopened packs of it. I was to God. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost... Uh, I got, no, that I sounds I'm like a horror for, show. <laughs> no, I'm good for I'm good for undies the rest of my rest of the way out. It's all, right. all good. All right. Well, maybe you don't have as much trouble with it as I do. I don't. I yeah. I just don't. Like I said, I just don't have. It's it's, it's just underwear for me. So my issue with discomfort apparently is genetic because my younger daughter like cannot abide like seams or any sort of thing being out of place. She'll protest Spinicky. loudly if her clothes are in any way binding or pinching and. I don't remember being as uptight about it when I was younger, but maybe I always was, and I just didn't know it. Um, <laughs> but apparently it's genetic. We're just, like, sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want All to right. be bound up. I need room <laughs> for my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of room for my stuff, I only want jackets and vests now that only zip from the top and zip up from the bottom. Mm. Because the zip, because the jackets that zip up from the bottom, you can give yourself, like, four or five inches of room at the bottom. So when you sit down and you're... In your in your windbreaker or your jacket or whatever oh, yeah, your, your like rain jacket, it doesn't ride up on you, and then and then, yeah, it's the best. So I, I I'm always on the lookout for a vest or a jacket that I won't want to buy one, even if I like the way it looks. Um, if it's an outdoor type jacket, if it doesn't zip up from the bottom, I don't want it. I understand. Well, speaking of the last thing I was going to mention, uh, we've talked about Uniqlo before on the show. The the undershirts being fantastic. They're multi-layered, like, heat gear, the, the like, long underwear. You can actually just wear long underwear with regular pants, and it's not, like, weird or uncomfortable. <laughs> like, they have really thin, almost, like, Kobe tights, but with a fly. Wow. I don't know why I say Kobe tights. He was just the first guy I remember to wear, like, full-on leggings on the, on the basketball court. Now everybody does. Yeah. Um, but, so, the, not only the underwear, but also uh, they have sport blazers that are basically athleisure blazers. And I have like three of them. I have a black one, a navy one, and a gray one. And it's they dress up without, you know, it, you can look, it look nicer. like you're trying. Yeah, right. I don't want to look like I'm wearing a suit, but I can throw a coat on and look appropriately dressed up, especially for something that might be a little bit more. And there's two types. There's one that's the more casual and one that is a little bit crisper. And they travel really well. So I highly recommend those as well. I just got my, for my birthday, I just got my uh, Roger Federer Uniqlo. Oh, you did? Blade collar. Nice. Tiny <laughs> logo. It's awesome. It's like a wine collar. It's really nice. it's really badass. I can't wait to wear it. Well, thanks to all our non-sponsors. I hope you appreciated uh, all the plugs in the segment. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, get on board. We'll, we'll, uh, we only bring you the best of the best. 
We only plug, and we only plug what we wear. That's what true. We use. Yeah, I'll only so put my name on it if I believe in the product. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. You pay me. I'll say whatever. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but that's right. not a reality right now, so I don't have to contend with that idea. I'm looking to, I'm looking to whore out. <laughs> hey, selling out is the thing to do. That's what I hear from the millennials. It's like now yeah. they've realized. It's like, why would you not sell out? The whole point is to get money, right? Right. Get rich Remember when I was a teenager, try. selling out was the worst thing you could do. It's like, oh, you, 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 you corrupted your art for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> Who was the uh, Moby? Moby? Mm-hmm. What about Where Moby? Moby actually was that what? What was the one record he had that had Southside on it with Gwen Stefani? That that record? Sure. Every song on that record he sold into a commercial. <laughs> that's right. Into that an means. ad. Yes. Every single one. And now he doesn't have to work, which is great. You know, so. And if you're He's Moby, smarter. that's the best thing you can do because that was like his eighth record. <laughs> yeah, let's let's cash it in. And He's then like, let's I've been doing this me. shit for twenty years. I'm gonna get right. all the money I can off this one. Right, and all these annoying EDM kids are pissing me off, so I'm I need to get out. I can't deal with the flat brim hats anymore. <laughs> all the EDM kids in their flat billed hats. <laughs> it's not just them. Everyone has flat brim hats. No, it's EDM is just disgustingly sick with flat build hats and pisses me off <laughs> okay that's unique <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't piss me off i just think they all look like idiots anyway um <laughs> all right on to the ot so in the ot we were going to discuss a very important life lesson about taking a dare uh-huh. now apparently a young man in australia was dared to eat a slug Mm-hmm. And this slug paralyzed him and then eventually killed him. And it took eight years. Eight years of dying from a slug, eating a slug. Yes. That is just like, that is like a train coming at you at a half a mile an hour and you cannot get off the track. It is a horrible, horrible thing. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to. In his semi-defense, I've been on this earth for nearly half a century. Mm-hmm. I don't actually don't judge him at all. And no one has ever said to me, Yo, Villa, do you know that slugs are poisonous and if you eat them you might die? Like, no one's ever said that to me a single time. No one, no one, there's no signs posted. <laughs> there's no, right. there's no literature. No. Like, nobody, nobody says don't eat a slug. They're yeah. poisonous and you will die. It actually seems like a pretty good dare. Pretty harmless. Like, hey, that's yeah. dis- that's really disgusting. Will right. you do it? Right. Someone like pull out an earthworm. Like you're fishing with your buddies when you're a little kid. They pull yeah. out a worm. Say, like, hey, give you a nickel if you eat this worm. I'll be like, all right, I'll eat it. Ten bucks. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it, money went a lot further when I was a little kid. But <laughs> you're doing dares yeah. for a nickel. How old are you? What the hell? <laughs> Well, the wood case of gum. The, the nickels were wooden <laughs> at the time, but the uh, but yeah. So this poor bastard has to like sit around waiting to die from this slug. Which well, first he fell into a coma for more than a year after eating it. Yeah, the, the slug itself was infected with rat lungworm, which gave him meningitis. I and mean, he got the, a brain the, infection. The story is just a horror story. It's uh, horrific. On, on so many levels. Scarier than 
scarier than any sort of Korean water ghost that I could think of. I mean, the boy who ate a slug and then took eight years to die. That is is awful. But I think that it comes down to this whole idea that dudes are always... And I don't know if this happens with women because I don't hang... I've never seen a woman really dare another woman to do something really idiotic. I mean, maybe I hang out with the... Maybe I hang out with the wrong women. (laughs) But the... But dudes do this all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, I have... Still. (laughs) Still. (laughs) It was the time that I, you know... Somebody dared me to drink a whole bowl of butterscotch at this party. (laughs) That was... That was actually kind of a nice dinner party. And, uh... You know... You 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 want to take these dares like you you're as a dude you're like really twenty bucks to drink this whole thing of butterscotch God <laughs> I'll do it this butterscotch syrup I'll do it I don't know dudes are but I don't know at some point I think people need to have sort of guidance about like things you should and shouldn't eat don't eat holly berries <laughs> or don't right. eat don't eat slugs you know don't stick your tongue to the frozen flagpole. Is it's just me or is a society has have we become like ignorant of things that poison us? Like I I feel like when I was younger, and maybe it's just because when you're younger, people are constantly telling you what poisons you, not to put it in your mouth. (laughs) Like you know the Mr. Yuckstickers and stuff. Now you know we just put locks on the cabinets, right? Like I just for the kids, like you just can't get in there. Um, Kids eating Tide Pods. Yeah, I don't know. That's what do you think? It's soap. Soap is poison. (laughs) It's literally poison. Uh, but so is alcohol, so you know it's all relative. Alcohol's the fun poison, though. It, well, it's the yes, yeah, the slow acting. That's the fun poison that doesn't kill you. That that just makes you wake up with a headache and then you go out about your day. Do you think people drank hemlock recreationally back in the day, like, just a little <laughs> bit? <laughs> it's all now. It's, now it's this whole. Now we're back to this. This uh, my Steve Martin, my second Steve Martin reference of the uh, of the show. Where Steve Martin is playing Socrates, and they give him this hemlock, and he gives it back to him, and he's like, "All right, thanks. That was delicious." He goes, "You know that hemlock is poison, don't you?" He's like, "What? (laughs) (laughs) No one's ever told me hemlock was poison." They didn't put the Mister Yuck sticker on it. They didn't put the Mister Yuck sticker on it. So, I mean, you're just a bunch of kids, and your friends are stupid. I mean, how many kids were told? dared to like jump off the roof of their house right and did it or how many pro wrestling i mean i know you and your friends probably put somebody through a card table at least once um yeah. that was a little after like we were old enough i think at that point that <laughs> i wasn't doing that that was something that like the college freshmen were doing that the, the the table stuff happened while i was a little older like i was like i'm not doing that <laughs> terrible um, but I would say that what happened most frequently is somebody would do something stupid and just get racked in the balls. Yeah. Like some sort of a jump kick or like trying to clear something or, or whatever. It just, and as a man, if you're jumping over something, you're really just putting yourself in harm's way. Right. Right. <laughs> like, oh, like do the little two hand jump over the parking meter. Yeah. Which is basically going to be a crotch shot, which is. Well, and I then think... like, if you don't make it, your, your face is leading the way <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> I mean, America's Funniest Home Videos ran on TV for, what, a decade more plus? Hey, Ridiculousness on... is still a show. <laughs> I think sometimes they're showing clips of people's death, and I'm like, can you verify that person didn't die? 
<laughs> but the physical things are, you know, eat this, you know, but eat this cockroach, eat this mm-hmm. whatever. There's a lot of stuff that you could, you, know, you could eat the fried grasshoppers at Safeco Field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally fine. But man. Well, that's slug. interesting you say that because you've never seen an eating challenge that included eating a slug, have you? On television? <laughs> no. Fear Factor completely. They should they should have put a disclaimer at the bottom. Well, these people are going to eat these bugs, but don't ever eat a slug. Right? Like, couldn't Joe Rogan clue me in? I mean, Jesus Christ. That's not good television, by the way. I, eating what? challenges are not fun to watch. I don't want to watch people, like, struggle with, like, and then throw up a whole bunch. Like, that's not pleasant. Like, eat this... Eat this hog colon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or drink. This, the drinks are the worst. Like, drink this pint glass full of, like, chunky, I don't know, just it's some Blood. kind of gray liquid, and it's, like, thick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they weren't, they're not going to give you poison on television. They're, you know, I mean, you could make all kinds of overarching comments about, you know, toxic masculinity and all this other kind of shit, but kids just do shit like this and unfortunately this young man decided to to eat the slug i mean it's a it's it's a lot of kids probably take dares like i bet you can't jump your motorcycle over this one ever and they probably die there are many there's probably kids who end up drowning doing goofy shit like i bet you can't swim sure. across the columbia river sure you know i mean just just dumb shit uh, like that that kids do to eat, you know, and some kids. Eat. When I was in college, we jumped off the Montlake Bridge. There you go. Not a great idea. Not an awesome idea. Although, I, kids used to jump off that other overpass on the other side of 520, on the south side of 520. That was the that unfinished, unfinished one? Yeah. Yeah, until somebody got impaled on a shopping cart. Oh, wait, there's a shopping cart under there? Well, there was all kinds of shit in the water that people had pushed off the edge of that thing, and somebody jumped off there and got fucked up by a shopping cart, and that was about oh. the end of it. That might be apocryphal. That might be a... But I know that like it stopped being a thing people did. I remember it was shortly after I was in college, too. Somebody oh, definitely no. got seriously injured jumping in the water over there. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I could have sworn I saw people doing that as... Well, around 2005, 2000... Okay, well, that's about four years after I graduated from college, so... Yeah. I well, mean, basically what you're saying, though, with this kid in the slug is that if Fortnite had existed in 2010... None of this would have ever happened. Because we had no time. No, nobody's taking the time, right? Nobody's, nobody's taking sitting the time trying to, to fill the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever happened to... I bet you can't fit this whole Big Mac in your mouth at the same at once. That was a good bet. I did that in, uh, in high school to a guy. I said, I will buy you a McDonald's cheeseburger if you can eat the whole thing in one bite. I was like... So it was like... A, it was win-win for me. Yeah. Because... Either I, I had to pay, you know, whatever, a buck twenty nine at the time for a McDonald's cheeseburger and he and I got to watch him do it, which he did. Or he didn't do it and he had to pay me back. Yeah, I had to put I put a whole big Mac in my mouth in junior high school. That's incredible. It was amazing. <laughs> and then I chewing it was the, the little bit of a chewing it was a little bit of more of a challenge. Well you brought up but the uh, uh, the jumping the motorcycles and stuff like that. That's another thing I'd like to see in the afterlife. We talked about the Matrix replays. There's a couple of times where I'm like, I thought I was gonna get seriously injured uh or like perhaps die doing things on skateboards and bmx bikes and i would like to be able to go back and watch and understand why i didn't get hurt because <laughs> <laughs> well you realize when you watch that like this bmx bike that you thought you'd like jumped like 40 feet in the air you were really only like eight and a half inches off the ground <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh oh all right okay i, I well i stuck that landing but okay 
<laughs> I was only less than a foot off the ground, so it may be more impressive in your mind. That's maybe the counterpoint to the uh, that's like I or was like awesome. how close Ooh. did I come to oh, getting really. hit in the head with the golf ball that actually hit my buddy in the side of the head because I ducked. Oh. Like how oh. close was it to getting me? <laughs> Listen, that the near misses, the near miss, yeah, the montage, near miss highlight reel. I it would probably freak you out, bad. It's like, well, look, I. I uh, I ran into I shoulder I ran into shoulder to shoulder of the guy who like was a serial killer or whatever you know what I mean like I sat on a bus next to a guy who was you know like he, he had like, picked you but then he got waylaid right it's like, <laughs> or he just got distracted he's yeah. like oh it's like oh I, I was gonna kill him but oh uh, I gotta kind of pee I, I'm hungry yeah uh, uh, maybe just, I should I'll eat stop. the slug <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's, that's all we have today on the two on three podcast. All right. Well, that's it for us. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod. We appreciate your subscriptions, reviews, downloads, and tweets each and every week. Um, we are on now on Stitcher as well. So you can, I think officially sort of subscribe to us wherever you can get your podcast aggregation, whether it's iTunes, Google play or Stitcher. Um, come hit us up on the internet. We love to hear back or hear. love to hear feedback from you guys. Um, and we appreciate you listening. We'll be back next time with more shenanigans. And until then, peace.